Welcome back to the Legacy Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Laura Grady. Laura is Australia's leading fulfillment and empowerment coach. She has run wildly successful masterclasses, sold out group containers, and continues to thrive in the one-on-one coaching space. Laura and I have an extensive chat covering her own personal development journey, using spiritual tools in business coaching, as well as what's on the cards for her in both the business and personal space. I hope you enjoy. There we go. The first thing I actually wanted to ask you was about your puppy. So as you may have seen, Nat and I recently just got um, a puppy. So cute. Oh, he's the cutest thing in the world, but he is an absolute nightmare. I feel and you. how was Chili when you first got her? Chili was an angel and now she's turned into like a little gremlin. She's so- <laughs> You've done it backwards. Yeah, but like, so my fiance Jamie, he will, he has like, no, 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 she's still perfect. Like, she doesn't have anything wrong with her. And today she chewed out my AirPods and I'm like, this dog is still a gremlin. Like, she used to be an angel. And then at six months, she found her voice and then she just hasn't stopped using it since. Yeah, that was so funny. When we first got Goji, he didn't like bark or anything. And we thought, like, is this dog a mute? Like, that would be great. Like he'd screech a little bit at night, but like he'd never bark. And then slowly but surely he's been finding his voice. And now it's like if we don't look in his direction for five minutes, we get he's super like, yeah. Yeah, he's very needy. And it's so funny because like we'll we'll tell him off or something, or we'll put him in another room, like if he plays up a lot. And I'm ready to like stand strong on that decision. And like yep. Nat hears the first cry and she's like, oh, but he's so cute. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't do that. Like, you can't, you can't just like let him out. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, my dog rules my life. I really can't. I can't judge anyone because she truly rules my life. I had to like stuff her with treats before I jumped on here to make sure she was quiet. <laughs> That's what we do. Every time we have a meal or something, like he yep. gets a treat, like just so he oh, doesn't yeah. play up. That's the only way. That's the only way to do it. I know. It's so funny. Uh, well, obviously you work a lot in um, the mindset energetic business yeah. space and yeah. you're super transparent about your own work, which is something that obviously drew me to following you in the first place. Um, so I just wanted to ask how your personal growth journey started, like before the business, before anything, because obviously you're very embodied in what you do and like that is shown in the success that you have in business. And I was curious as to how that journey started and where it sort of took you. Ooh, amazing. Um, so how do I even get into it? I feel like I'm like, hmm. Um, I... So I've always been very, very much an intuitive person. So as a kid, I was always incredibly intuitive. And I always believed that there was something else happening um, outside of us. That was, it was more that what, what could meet the eye. As a child, I had very um, like sort of psychic experiences where I would see figures standing at the end of my bed and, you know, I would know that the phone was going to ring before it rang. I would describe family members that had passed on to my parents saying that they were there and as a young child, like not knowing what any of this meant. And so I was always very open and very aware, but it was obviously very intimidating for my family to be like, what, 
we don't know how to help her with this. This is weird. <laughs> and um, so as I kind of grew older, I shut all of that down. And um, I was really, I was lucky in many ways because I, I grew up in a family where, you know, every family has problems. And there was a lot of obviously stuff that I took from that that wasn't great, but there was also a lot of beauty. And um, I, before, before anything, like as a teenager, just to give you context, I was playing with tarot cards and was going off to meditation centers at like 16 and, um, you know, was like really in, involved in sort of a spiritual community yeah. at a very young age. And so I've always kind of had that. I read the law of attraction book, I think, like, no, what was it? The secret at like 13 or 14, like yeah. so young. and was like putting things in golden boxes in feng shui spaces at like the age of 13. So I was very much into it all. Um, but would shut it off, shut it on, shut it off, shut it on. Like I, I would be into it for six months then just shy away from it. And as I grew older, I sort of started, started to use the manifestation piece because I originally did acting. I was in the acting space, not super successful or anything like that. I had a lot of wounds coming into that space. So I didn't do super well, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, had a few little gigs here and there. And I was always trying to like use the manifestation tools to be able to get me all of that. And so I did that up until the age of 22, I think I was doing um, acting and all those bits and pieces. And it was a really big initiator into self-worth. And I yeah. had a lot of problems around the way that I viewed myself, the way that I treated my body, um, a lot of binge eating issues, a lot of really bad confidence problems. I just really felt shit about myself um, a lot of the time and, you know, I'd go into these sort of depressive slumps and experience a lot of anxiety and just wasn't kind to myself. And so I had to, I, I had to learn how to start to be kind to myself. And I'd seen psychologists on, on and off, on and off, on and off. Yeah. That's <laughs> off and on. Um, so I'd been seeing psychologists a hell of a lot. And I never really, it never clicked. Like I never found yeah. that to be a supportive space. I actually always felt really uncomfortable. And I used to leave feeling worse than when I came in, partly because perhaps at that time, you know, it was a little while ago, there was, it was more talk therapy, not tool focused. So yeah. there were no tools being given to me. It was just like, talk about your deepest darkest trauma. All right. Hours up. See you later. You know, and that was, that wasn't helping me. That was um, really painful to be honest. So went through all of that. Um, was at uni for business. So, you know, I mean, I don't really use anything that I learned from uni. But Me either. I have a business <laughs> degree and I've never used it. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. So many people say the same thing. Um, but I'd started psych and then I dropped out because I was like, ew, I don't like this at all. I'm still same. doing it now. But, <laughs> so yeah, and then I got into it. <laughs> yeah, so I got into the business and then I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Um, and I ended up hearing about NLP. So neuro-linguistic programming, um, I heard about it and I didn't realize it was for coaching. I thought it was to help people communicate. Mm. Like I didn't realize it was a coaching thing. I didn't, I, I knew of Tony Robbins and like, I'd been into all the stuff, but I never really, it never fully clicked. Yeah. And so I was obviously very open at the time. I was work, I was working on my own mental health. I was doing all the right things. Um, but then I felt the pull to do this and I went, okay, I'm going to do it. Very expensive off a whim decision to make, but it was off a whim and it wasn't necessarily like, a, oh, I have a calling to be a coach. It was more of a, I think this is going to help me and I don't understand why, but I'm going to take the action because it feels like a good decision for me. Yeah. Um, 
So I made the decision, did the course within a, within just a little while. I went, holy shit, how does no one know about this? Because at the time, like this was, you know, four and a half, four-ish years ago, like it, it wasn't a big thing for, pe- for people in their 20s and 30s. It just wasn't talked about, at least in my opinion. I, I didn't hear many people talk about it. Um, and so I did it and then I went, I need to share this with the world. People need to know about this work. And so then this massive mission came through of like, you need to share this. Also at that time had a massive spiritual awakening and was like, and then I started training as a psychic medium and like just, it just sort of layered and layered and layered and layered and layered until we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's interesting you say that. I know that I've heard you say before, um, especially in your work now that you get like as woo-woo as the client wants or needs. Like you sort of are able to present, I guess, present the same information through different lenses Yes, suitable to that client. So I was curious to know like how woo-woo do we get? Because we love that (laughs) stuff. I love that stuff. Nat loves that stuff. Uh, Well, I mean, I trained as like a, I trained in mediumship. I trained in trance mediumship where I would channel spirit. Like it gets as woo-woo as you can go pretty much. Yeah. So um, in terms of like the level of woo-woo, um, it, it really depends because um, with certain clients, they are super open to it and with others, they're not. And so you can sort of judge the energy. Like you can sense the energy about how open someone's going to be. And there is a layer and a level of like, if I go there with this person, is it going to scare them? And then they're put off from doing this work because how I do it is going, is very different to the average person in the industry. I know it's very different because it does incorporate that psychic um, energetic element. And I don't see a lot of people who are as mainstream as me incorporating that. Like they're usually very left of center and very woo woo energetic. Um, So yeah, it really depends on the person, but in terms of like the level of woo, um that's a hard question right (laughs) yeah I mean like you know to give you context I did a session just before and we were doing um like I had a group session um with a with a friend's container and we were talking about um alien spirit guide coming through really strongly for one of the clients and I was like you I don't want to tell you who it is and where they come from but you need to go and explore that because there is a new guide that stepped in as a result of us doing this breath session Um, And so, you know, taking them through a breathwork session and then also kind of aligning their central channels, they're open to receiving more information, opening up psychically as well and all sorts of ways. So like it gets, we were like that. And then, you know, on Monday I was doing soul, soul contract clearing. And then on Tuesday I was doing fucking strategy session where we were talking about someone's business and like looking at their marketing. So it just like, it encompasses all of it. And I can't niche down because I can't, I just can't do it. I do everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that's definitely like, from my perspective, one of like your strengths and the reason, one of the reasons that you're, you know, as successful as you are, is that balance of the like masculine and feminine, like energies, you know, you can handle like the strategy stuff and obviously the more emotional side and, and bring those things together. And that's something that I've always, or recently um, appreciated is being able to strike that balance because I've found a lot of times in my life, I either lean one side like too far one side and then try and counterbalance it but end up going too far the other way yeah striking that balance can be Mm -hmm. can be tricky like 
Oh, it's not easy. Yeah. Like, it's a constant, um, it's a constant initiation. Yeah. Definitely. So you're like, you're, yeah, if you're in this work, like you're always going to be initiated into like the next level. And I always say um, every level, same devil dressed up differently. So yeah. we're always coming up against ourselves and always having to shift from that, like the masculine side of things and the feminine side of things. And neither one is bad or wrong. Both are beautiful when they're in balance. Yeah. If they're not balanced. It's, it can cause like, uh, it, it can cause a lot of disruption in someone's life. So they, they really struggle to actually physically take action um, or they struggle to let go and allow things to come to them. Through yeah. Their energy. So it's like you go too far one way and it can really kind of yeah, cause, definitely. cause issues. Yeah. yeah. I Like speaking from my experience, like I know that when I'm or have been too far into the masculine, like I'll be like all go, 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 like, you know, tick things off the list, put things in like the strategy and then just completely ignore how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. And then you go too far the other way and I'm completely bogged down by how I feel about something that I can yeah. never like, you know, take the leap and actually get yeah. into action. Yeah. 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 That's when we get stuck in the mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now I do want to circle back. You said mediumship. Yeah. And I love that. I just wanted to explore a little bit about your, I guess, your training, your experience, mm-hmm. like some, you know, if there's any cool stories or scary stories. Or oh, what so it. many weird stories. <laughs> um, so it's interesting with mediumship because like mediumship is for anyone who doesn't know, it's usually just the, the ability to be able to speak to spirit. So you're able to speak to dead people people who are dead, essentially, it's the best way to describe it. Um, I got into that because I was having these like massive spiritual awakening signs and I was starting to feel people's energy. And when I work with a client, if I'm working on an energetic level, I'm tuning, I'm looking at their body and typically we store um, we store blockages inside the body. And so I'm looking at, okay, we need to go there. That's the issue. And usually it can cause physical pain or any kind of ailments like that. That's something that can come through, but a lot of emotional pain as well. So um, it's given me that opportunity, but I, I'm digressing. Uh, <laughs> mediumship <laughs> itself, I'm like, wow, this is the manifesting generator and me just woo, 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 <laughs> all over the place. Um, but the mediumship um, itself was I was starting to recognize that I was um, feeling spirit and I was, I was sort of sensing people's, um, sensing dead people, like dead people, genuinely, genuinely seeing them and sometimes seeing them physically as clear as I could see you. Um, and that was scaring me and I didn't know what to do. And mm. I was really freaked out. And so I had a friend um, and she was a beautiful, like a, almost like a mentor um, for a long time. And she was a trained psychic medium. She'd been trained in it for about 15 years. And she said to me, you're having an awakening, come to my group, come to the group that I go to every Friday. And so I started to make that a priority. I used to go Tuesday and Fridays. So I would go and train as a psychic medium and it scared the shit out of me. Like I was the youngest person there by at least 15 years. Like it was, they were all like, who, like no one, this, no one comes in, you know, in their twenties. That's so weird. Um, and so it was really quite jarring and it was really beautiful and it was scary in many ways as well. And so um, I would tune into people's spirit and then I, I went to a couple of different spiritualist churches and did like readings in front of people. I never actually went into the doing mediumship readings 
I never yeah. actually did that. Like I never, yeah. I never charged for that. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't really like talking to spirits that are past. Yeah. That sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? No, <laughs> I don't I, like it. No, I can totally understand. So um, before I met Nat, I was very closed off to that side of things. Yep. I, had, I did have a few experiences when I was a kid, as I feel like most kids probably do, being super open to pretty much yep. anything. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, but, yeah, since like Nat's opened me up to a lot of different things and like the ability to channel is one of them. And I remember the first few experiences, I was like scared out of my mind. Like I would be shaking. Yeah. And yeah, I totally understand. Like, like for people who've never experienced it, like it, it is confronting definitely. Like, yeah. Definitely the first few times. And especially if it's um, people that you don't know that you're, um, channeling when it's family and stuff I find it quite easy and comforting yeah I, I think it's you know it's nice but when it's people you don't know and you don't like at times know their intention or like know much about yeah. their story or them like it, it, mm. it does get, get quite confronting so yeah I totally understand why you would say like you you don't like doing that well yeah it's more that I I find um, I want to be really careful how I word this. <laughs> Being really mindful. I find that with talking to spirit and talking to people who are dead, I I just find it kind of boring to be honest. Like mm. I, if I'm, you know, if I was to do readings, and this is why I've kind of stopped. I stopped going to circle. I also stopped going to circle because I found it to be a really weird, leaky place where like everyone had terrible money stories. Everyone was dead broke. Like, and I'm like, I don't want to fucking be around this. Like, this is not, yeah. you know, it, like everyone was, you know, charging peanuts for their services where they were life-changing experiences. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this doesn't feel good. This is the spiritual leaky energy that we see so much in the space. Um, and so I, I would do a reading and I'd be like, oh yeah, like I'm seeing, you know, like whatever the colors were of the dog or, you know, the, oh, they had this and this is their life. Can anyone place this? La, la, la. Like, you know, channeling, well, not channeling, but that's very much doing a reading, tuning into somebody's energy, tuning into the spirit that had come forward. And I just found it really boring at a certain point where I was just like, I don't really want to do that. I want to create transformation for someone and just telling you that your grandma's here. Like, yeah, your grandma's here. Like, you know what I mean? It just felt a bit boring. Yeah. That's when I started working more with, um, spirit team spirit guides soul contracts um and then like kind of alien alien beings as well um who are on just a different different frequency and that that felt more expansive to me yeah I was, it was just boring <laughs> yeah no that's um when you said that I was gonna ask like uh how you feel about like channeling spirit guide and like spirit teams and stuff like that so yeah that makes a lot more sense yeah. I definitely feel there can be like deeper insights and stronger messaging and that sort of thing yeah, well, I mean, I have done the channeling where you kind of, um, well, I did this when I worked with uh, Tony Stockwell. He's like a very famous, world famous, world famous medium and he is in the UK and they have like a big school in the UK for psychic mediumship training. Um, and he did, so he would channel spirit and so he taught us how to channel spirit as in like you get your body so relaxed and then you literally have the spirit of somebody enter your body and start speaking. And I wouldn't remember obviously what was being said or anything like that because it's just like it's not me talking. Mm. Um, and that was kind of cool, but it was just pretty draining. 
Yeah, I can like, imagine. Your, your body's like a bit exhausted after it. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And at the time I had um, at this particular retreat, this was like a seven day retreat. Um, my aunt was passing away in hospital. So she was, she was terminally ill with breast cancer and so I was at this retreat and the, I was getting readings from people being like, oh, there's this woman here and she's this age and la, la, la. And so it was so raw because I'm like, she hasn't passed away yet. She's still in hospital, but like half of her body had left and half of her body was yeah. still So that didn't really, I think it kind of put me off for a few years yeah. to explore it just because it was so such a painful time in my life as well. Um, but yeah, like... I don't know. Spiritual stuff is really fun. It's also really weird. But yes, really <laughs> it is really weird. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I was curious to know how you sort of use that side of things in like the background. Cause I feel like that's a big thing for you. Like it's not often like maybe shown or vocalized, but I feel like you tap mm-hmm. in a lot. And like, obviously like I've seen you, doing some card readings and stuff recently, like um, on your stories and stuff. Do you utilize those tools a lot in the background? Yes, I do. When it, when someone's my client, I use it. Yeah. Um, so how will I describe this? So what I see the psychic, being being able to tune in psychically to somebody's energy and knowing what's going on, when I switch it on, if, I, if it's switched off, like I'm completely dead to it, I have no idea what's going on. But when it's switched on, great, it's fantastic. Um, and so when I switch it on, what I find it is, is it's a time collapser. It makes me a lot quicker at doing my work than the average person, because I'm not only getting information from your body and reading your energy, um, but I'm also getting information from your spirit team who's communicating to me. So I can sense your blockages and what's really needed. Now, that can show up differently for different people at different stages. And sometimes I will look at somebody and go, you don't need an energy clearing. You need to get clear on your strategy or you need to get onto your mindset or you're not, you're just not doing the fucking thing. Right. And I can tell what somebody's needing most of the time, more often than not um, through that. And that's not to say that it's always perfect. It's never always perfect. I'm not always spot on, Um, but it just, it just collapses time and makes things a little bit faster. Yeah, That's how I would describe it. It's like I can sense what's going on for somebody a lot faster than the yeah, average. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, like obviously saying before, like you're at the forefront of your field right now. Like it's clear that you have a very solid grasp of who you are, like what you do and yeah. like who you work with and stuff like that. And And I was curious to know what you think the coaching field like where it's heading because mm-hmm. I think it's a, a space that's growing a lot and mm-hmm. very fast like I don't know whether part of it for me is being introduced to this space relatively recently it feels like it's growing really fast or if it actually yeah. is growing really fast um, but I was curious to know where you think this space is headed because I feel like there's a lot of things happening at the moment I feel I hope it's, I hope it heads toward more regulation. That's what I hope. Um, in terms of like what I'm seeing playing out is that when, once you get into coaching, it's hard to get a grasp on the world. Like mm. it can be very, it can be very delusional, a very delusional space. And I say that with like a lot of respect for it as well, because it does really good work and it helps people in multiple different ways. Um, 
But what I feel like really needs to start to happen is regulation. I think there needs to be regulations around yeah. this field. A lot of people talking a lot of smack about trauma that they shouldn't be talking. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on that I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and I think we might be a little disillusioned in thinking that everybody knows about it and everybody wants to be a coach because I don't think a lot of people do. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people are not interested in the coaching space, but because we're in it and we're, we're seeing it all the time, we're so um, encompassed by it. Yeah. So there's a hell of a lot more people waking up for sure in terms of like um, spiritually waking up, noticing and recognizing that there's something deeper going on. And we have a lot more control over what we believe to be true and what we're seeing in the world. But do I think that it's, you know, do I think that everyone's meant to? No, Hmm. no, I really don't. So it's, it's an interesting space. I do think that there's a lot of weird energy playing out, like a little bit of multi-level marketing kind of vibe happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where are you smiling? So I'm assuming you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where it says the coaches, the coach, coaches, the coach, 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 yeah. and it's all throughout the field. Um, and I'm not really interested in the whole like you're buying into someone's energy. I think you should. I don't think that that's the vibe because that would that would give us all a god complex, which I think can be both a blessing and a curse, and a little bit culty to be honest. Yeah. So um, I think that, it, that, that there's a call for balance, I suppose. That's my big thing is that there needs to be a bit of a balance between the two. And um, there's some beautiful people doing some really amazing work. And I think that they get called into the money. I have, I have full transparency, um, pulled into the shiny object syndrome. Let's make, you know, a million dollars a year and sort of losing touch with the work and why they got into it in the first place. So um, I've, I've done that. So full, again, full transparency, I've done it. (laughs) Um, And I think that there's like a really big call for people being in integrity as much as possible and sticking clear with their vision and their mission. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And like, at the end of the day, uh, like we're all human, right? Like everyone, yeah, you're I think that. I've made the mistake before of like looking at coaches as like, like putting coaches on a pedestal, like putting anyone on a pedestal is obviously yeah. like yeah. not helpful, but especially putting coaches on a pedestal because it's like at the end of the day, like we're all human. Mm-hmm. Like your coach still has triggers. Your coach still has shadows. Like your coach. And is, they're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Like they absolutely are going to fuck it up. Like they're going to make a mistake at one point. It depends if it's with you or another, but like, it's going to happen. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it. And I think the trap that people fall into is that if they do make a mistake or if they fuck it up or if their heart's not in the right place for a little bit, they can tend to get swallowed in the imposter and go, I shouldn't do this. I'm bad. I'm wrong. Or they get swallowed into that kind of um, the doubt piece really badly. And it's yeah. like, well, how can it, it's, it's a, again, another initiation of like, how can I love myself through this? And how can I do my best to rectify the situation? So, you know, people are going to fuck it up. Like it's going to happen. Um, But as long as the intention is always good and always pure, I think that it'll sort itself out. There'll be a correction, of course, like everything. Yeah. You know, it'll be a correction in the industry, I have no doubt. But, um, yeah, doing doing our best to be, this this is my thing at the moment of like, 
I'm doing my best to be in integrity as much as I can and to just be so vision focused and allowing Mm. what the success that will come through inevitably will come through as a result of being so deeply in the mission and what it is that we're here to do, who it is that we're here to serve. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I did laugh at what you were saying before. I, you know, obviously will not name any names or anything like that, but, um, (laughs) Uh, a person that I used to work with, I've seen him post quite a lot about this thing that he's become involved in since quitting his job. And it definitely parrots like the same messages as the work that a lot of great coaches do, but it's, it is, it's literally structured like a multi-level marketing system. And it's like really scary in that sense, because it's like, this is such like, it can be incredibly delicate work and like the things that you can be handling, you know, can be like life-changing, life-altering, like they're very powerful things. Like he was saying about people handling or speaking on trauma that like, you know, shouldn't be. It's like you see things like that and I don't understand how someone that I worked with in a warehousing job six months ago can now be from, you know, very little work on themselves or in the space suddenly be talking about things like that. It is scary because like you're, you're handling a lot of delicate things and a lot of Mm. like, you know, at times delicate people like in positions that are, you know, yeah. Quite tender. Yeah. I think it's just as long as they're practicing within their scope. Yeah. We're good. Um, but that's why the, the, we. I think that's why we need regulation. Yeah. I really feel like that's why we need, and we. I think we need trauma people who are trauma informed, certified trauma informed. Yeah. Um, and like you know, for, for many years I, I wasn't, so I also can't really comment on the topic in any sort of um, judgment lens because I've probably been part of the problem. In fact, mm. I know I've probably been part of the problem. So. Um, but when we know better, we do better. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's such a shame anyone and being like, don't do it because no. blah, blah, blah. like it's just know, know your scope yeah. and know what you're practicing and, um, yeah, try and get training. Yeah. When you, <laughs> when you say regulation, um, do you mean like a regulatory body? Do you mean like more certified qualification? I think... I, th- I I think there needs to be some sort of a body. I don't want to be the leading person for that. Shit. I'm not <laughs> interested. Um, no, nah, I feel like my work has never been that. It's also never been to train. I've also, I've been asked multiple times, oh, can you train me? And I'm like, I can teach you tools, but I can't train you in what I do because it's too weird. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Like I can't, I can't, I don't have a structure for this at the moment because I've done too many weird, weird stuff. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know how to give you a structure. Um so, yeah, do I think that there needs to be, like, more certification? Yeah, I think there does. Um, and there will be. I, I have faith that that's going to happen and that will be something that will probably happen in the next, like, what, 15, 20 years, the same way that it happened with psychology, really. Yeah. Like, you know, initially people were becoming psychologists off at the back end of a bachelor's degree and now, you know, there's your honours year and then your master's and then sometimes even your doctorate. So, you know, it will it's coming. It will yeah. Happen. There'll start to be some changes and some shifts, but you know, for the minute it's, 
you know, which I think oh. just anyone listening and if you're like, okay, that makes me a bit scared or nervous that I'm doing the wrong thing. I, I highly doubt it if you even thinking that, then you probably are, you've got your heart in the right place. So yeah. anyone who's listening to this, like, please don't take this <laughs> in a bad way. I know that I've gone into the, oh, my God, am I the problem type of moment. Um, but I think there's also uh, anyone who's listening to this and is like, I don't know which kind of coach to work with. I think it's just getting a vibe and a feel for their energy by watching, like listening to how they speak or watching the kind of transformation that they've had with other people um, and getting a real feel for them. So, you know, they're not going to be perfect because no one's perfect. Um, But just getting a feel for somebody and knowing that, oh, yeah, okay, they've they've worked with a lot of people. They've got a lot of experience in this space. Yeah, that um, that actually brings a question up which is kind of a question for me a little bit but um on the flip side of that like whilst there are very little like regulation or Mm -hmm. like certifications if someone was to get into the coaching space when they're asking themselves that question when do I know I'm ready Mm -hmm. how do you feel like they can answer that like how do they know when they're ready It's interesting. I feel like it's a real, it depends on the person, hey. Mm. <laughs> it really depends on the person. But I do feel like there is, there will be a knowing when you know that there are people at a certain level that you'd be able to support. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that on a soul, on a soul contract level, that we will have people that will come into our lives for different reasons and clients that will come in. And you won't attract a client that is further ahead than where you're at in terms of your spiritual journey. Like, you know, you'll attract somebody who needs support and where you're, where you're guiding them. So I think in terms of like a readiness, um, in terms of like just the legalities around it, having something like some sort of a certification just so you can actually get insurance is like, you need that (laughs) (laughs) like on a legal rate on a legal um, uh, playing field. But in terms of like being ready, I think if you're questioning it, you probably are. So yeah. um, for you specifically, if you're questioning it, you probably are. Yeah, that's my oh, say. That's my thank you. take on it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've seen obviously recently you just announced a new masterclass. Yeah. Yes, which is very exciting. <laughs> so I want to know or wanted to ask what is on the horizon for you business-wise right now? Like obviously that's coming up. Is there things that are a little further out for you? Are there things that are brewing? Like what's? There's always things brewing. (laughs) (laughs) There's always something going on. Um, But what's kind of like the, uh, this masterclass, it's called the confidence activator. It's really, it's really for those who need to activate confidence in a very specific area that they're currently not um, taking action in. So most people, they, they'll usually, they, they think that they don't have confidence or they think that like, you know, it's only in specific areas and that the, the power of this work is that you can activate the confidence that you might experience in a different area or that you haven't experienced yet support you moving forward. Um, in terms of like what I'll be doing there, there's so many courses and so many things. It's all just about timing. Hey, like I have this one and then I have a, 
um, um, mindset mastery container as well that's going to be launching kind of off the back end of this masterclass. Um, I said I would never run my signature program, You But Fearless, again, but I've decided I'm going to run it again (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I just love it and the transformation that people get from that is just divine and it's a real coming home to yourself, which is like the the best way that you'll be, if you want to be a great manifester, you've got to be able to love yourself through all seasons Mm. and you've got to be able to come home to yourself. And the more that you can do that, the more magnetic you are to your desires because there's no, um, how do I describe it? There's no leaky energy. There's no resistance. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want this. It'll be cool. Cool. Like, it's not a, I have to have this because otherwise I'm not good enough. (laughs) Right. You're like, no, I'm already good enough, but more please. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah, it's really powerful. So I'll be doing that. Um, I have in the past run a container for both coaches and leaders called Leadership Codes. And I'm, I'm starting to lean heavily toward working with leaders and powerhouses. Does that mean I'm letting go of the mindset and empowerment work for everyone? No, because I don't think that that would be honoring a large part of my audience. And my my mission here is to help as many people as I can awaken and uplift their spirits. So um, I can't just do one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how, how that looks, I mean, I definitely will probably be doing a mastermind for coaches eventually over the next yeah. couple of months. Um, and yeah, like one-on-one work with my leaders and that's about it. Yeah, see my favorite. <laughs> yeah, just, just just that. Nothing much. Yeah. My favorite thing about when you run Uber Fearless is watching how excited you get when you run Uber Fearless. Great. I love it. It's so good. I love I just love running containers. I love yeah. I love bringing women together or people together. The last the last round like they've all caught up and I have clients who were clients, no joke, two years ago when I firstly ran theirs and they're the best of friends. They catch up once a month. And like yeah. that's a real testament to the power of these spaces is like you not only are completely changing your own reality in your world, but you're meeting people who are there for you and can hold you too. So that's, yeah, it's pretty, I don't know, it makes me really happy. It gets me, it gets me serious. See, see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, I what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah no, definitely and it shows like it you know that's the reason that they are as successful as they are is because you obviously truly like believe and embodied in what you do and like thank you that means a lot i'm really receiving it my job at the moment is to receive <laughs> lovely compliments and i am doing as much as i can well there you go you're doing a great job of that too so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you well one final question for you is i wanted to ask the same question so what's on the horizon for you, but outside of business? So what's on the cards for Laura Grady coming up outside of work? I want to have a baby. So yes. that's what's hopefully coming up in the next um, couple of years. So, yeah, that's that's where Jamie and I are at. We're looking to try and have a family. Oh, that's super exciting. Yeah. It's really cool. And congratulations, by the way. Obviously, you guys got engaged. Congrats to you too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, don't th- I don't think we were far apart. Um, no, it was like, what? It would have been a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, Probably yeah I think so. I saw it and I went, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. You guys too. Well, yeah. I wanted to thank you again. Thank you for joining me. It's been an amazing chat and hopefully it's, one of many. I would love to have you back on here. So oh, I'd love that. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. 
No, thank you. So thanks for tuning into the Legacy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Legacy The Conversation for heaps more content.